Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. This is Thursday morning, June 10th, and I'm Tom Short. So glad to have you along with me as we look into the Word of God. And actually, today we're talking about objections to our faith and how to respond to them. So if you're first time, certainly welcome you. I hope that you subscribe, hit the notify button, share this with your friends. If you can't hear normally every day on YouTube, you, this is podcast. You can find this on your favorite podcast platforms and, um, and leave a comment. I always like to know who you're from. And those of you who come back day after day, I love you guys. Thanks for being here. I know this is benefiting you. And, I, and this is our promise. Come here day after day, day after day, day after day, week after week. And, and uh, your life will change because God's Word can do that to us. We're talking about objections to our faith and how to respond them, to them using the FFDPQ method. And so the objection today is, what about the person who says, I can't believe in the Bible. I could never believe in the Bible. It's filled with errors and contradictions. So... There's many, many ways to answer this, but using the FFDPQ method, remember felt, feel, felt, discovered, pivot to a question, FFDPQ. Here's how I would respond, if you will. I can see why you feel that way. A person says, I, I can't uh, believe the Bible's filled with errors and contradictions. So I could see why you feel that way. Others have felt that way too until they discovered that the, what appear to be contradictions in the Bible aren't really contradictions after all. But one thing's for sure, there's never been a book more scrutinized and people trying to find a single error, single problem with it than has been done with the Bible. So I'm curious, why do you think that is? What's the goal here? The goal is to turn it from talking about contradictions to talking about why so many attacks on the Bible. And the truth is, this Bible has been more attacked than any other piece of literature in the history of the world. It's done more good for more people than anything else. Do you realize that? The Bible and the message of the Bible has done more good for more people. And this just objectively, not even talking about people going to heaven talking about bringing freedom and bringing prosperity and bringing health and bringing restoring families and relationships and, and bringing mental health and bringing, bringing people's lives, transforming them, transforming entire cultures and countries for the good. There's never been a book that's had a greater effect on the world than the Bible, a positive And there's never been people, a group of people who've had a greater positive effect upon others than those who follow the Bible, and yet it's hated. There's, there's more effort to disprove the Bible than any book ever written. Why is that? Well, we know, you and I know, we want to ask the, 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 the objector or the person who's, who's challenging us, the skeptic, we want to ask them why. They'd probably say something like, well, it's, you know, it has to have power over us, or it's, it's too powerful, or it claims to be the Word of God, so they just, you know. But why do people really go against the Bible? Well, it all, let's face it, folks, it all started back in the Garden of Eden. It all started back when Satan said to Eve, has God said, and he challenged the words of God right at the very beginning. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, said the same thing, didn't he? 
if 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 the scripture's true, if this is really true, I put it to the test. Throw yourself off that temple. Make these, you know, different temptations that he gave Jesus. All of them ultimately challenging the word of God. All of them ultimately answered by the word of God. And to this day, we find more people, scholars, whole classes, whole schools, great foundations with big grants and lots of money, going through this Bible with a fine-tooth comb, trying to find a single error, a single mistake, a single problem with it, in the hopes that if they find a typo or a, or a, a miscopy or a wrong number or anything wrong, that they can throw the whole thing in the, in the, in the garbage can and have nothing to do with it. Folks, the, the, you and I love the Bible, but there are people who hate the Bible. And that hatred reveals something. Your attitude towards the Word of God reflects a lot about your attitude towards God. If you love the Bible, it's probably a good indication you, you love God. If you're apathetic towards the Bible, it's probably a pretty good indication you don't care that much about God. If you hate the Bible, it's probably a pretty good indication you hate God. And so there is this battle going on, and we want to challenge a person and reveal this, and open their eyes to the bias. Shall we say so much of these things against the Bible? I call it opposition research, just like in a political campaign. There's opposition to God. Where does it come from? We better recognize that. And someone who has bought into some of the lies against the Bible without having thoroughly examined it or looked into it themselves, they better realize where's this opposition coming from? It's not coming from just well, well-meaning, unbiased people. It's really got its origins and its source in the pits of hell. And so, once again, when I encounter someone with this objection, my my goal is to get them to actually read the Bible for themselves. Uh, I have found people who thought the Bible was filled with errors and contradictions because they saw some list in it. And by the way, you do realize if you take a New Testament survey class in most universities in America. They will give you a list of all the conflicts, all the contradictions, all the and they'll they'll they these poor kids they go into these classes and they come out thoroughly convinced the Bible has it could not be from God. It's it's filled with errors. It's wrong. They totally deconstruct it. The the most destructive classes in the university today, in almost every case, are the ones that teach the Old or New Testament. And people go in with this desire to maybe try and understand the Bible better, and they come out thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly anti-Bible. These are wicked classes in most cases, in most cases. And so I try and get a person to read the Bible for themselves and not read what others say about it, not go look up, you know, atheist.com and see what they say about it there. But to read it for themselves, again, as we talked about last week, this is always my objective. I'm convinced if a person approaches the Word of God and reads it with any sort of humility and honesty of heart, they'll come to faith in Jesus Christ. I direct them towards the Gospels. I want them to read a modern translation. I urge them to go ahead and pray and ask God to enlighten them as they read. And He does. And we've seen great testimonies of this. But I also try and say, that the amazing thing about the Bible is not all the errors and contradictions. The amazing thing is the lack of them. The Bible covers 4,000 years of human history. 
written by 40 different authors over a 1,500-year period of time. Look at, look at, try and find 40 authors covering the, the last 250 years of American history and tell me how many of them could, could tell the story of America without amazing errors and contradictions. I mean, the whole themes being contradictory with one another. And the Bible has all this this number of authors over this great period of time, and this it is this story, an unfolding story. Are there differences between things people say in the Old Testament and New Testament? Of course, there's this unfolding story. There's periods of time, obviously, where people are are confused in the Old Testament, and it and they become enlightened, and they see when Jesus comes and when the Messiah is revealed. You can find. You can, I mean, you can find the Bible to say anything if you want it to. If you want to, I point out to, you know, I've had more than once, I, I have fun out on campus. When someone says the Bible's filled with errors, contradictions, I point out, yeah. I said, the Bible even says, we know the Bible says there's a God, but did you know the Bible also says there is no God? And when an atheist hears me say that, his ears perk up, his eyes get bright, and he says, really? And I say, Yeah. And I take him to Psalm 14, verse 1, and I point right to it. And I've had, I once had a guy at the University of Florida, he grabbed the Bible right when I pointed to him. It says, there is no God. And I grabbed it out of my hand, walked around the crowd, shaking the Bible, saying, hey, folks, this says there is no God. He was so delighted. When I retrieved my Bible from him, we read the entire sentence. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Well, so what do we find there? Some of these alleged contradictions, and this is a classic example, are things taken out of context. You can take part of a sentence or a sentence out of context. You can make the Bible say about anything you want. It's a big book. That doesn't mean it teaches that. It means you just misunderstood it, took it out of context, misrepresented what it taught. When we talk about contradictions in the Bible, there really are four, three words we want to understand. A contradiction which really the proper, where, where, shall we say, A and non-A, A and its opposite, rightly understood in its proper context. That the Bible teaches one thing, right, rightly understood in its proper context, and also teaches the exact opposite, rightly understood in its, exact context, in its proper context. And I would argue that the Bible does not contradict itself. I would say there's plenty of paradoxes, I mean, the Bible says Jesus is the Son of God and He's the Son of Man. Well, which is He? Well, He's both. He is God and man. And of course, we know this term, the Son of Man, really refers to His Messiahship. But was Jesus God or was Jesus man? Well, He's both. He's both. There's plenty of paradoxes in the Scripture, plenty of things that on the surface appear to be contradictory. But upon further examination, you find out they actually complement one another. Lots of those. The Bible does take a little bit of digging and thinking to really to understand it properly. And then there are mysteries. Mysteries are some things that we simply in our limited human mind can't fully understand about God. The Trinity. God is one revealed in three persons. I kind of understand it. I, I can articulate the doctrine. I can defend the doctrine. I can even give some examples, but there comes a place where I also say I receive that doctrine on faith, and it's a little bit beyond me. 
Now, the big mistake a lot of people think is that they can fully understand. We can know God, and we can understand God, but not fully. We, some people say, like the Muslims will say, if you can't understand the Trinity, it can't be true. And I ask them, I think, do you understand the power of God, the love of God, the justice of God, the mercy of God? To some degree, we can, but fully? You see, some people get... Some people say if there's something about God they can't understand, it can't be true. I can't fully understand the Trinity or how God can have foreknowledge and yet we still have freedom of will, how these things can work together. We say we don't understand them. The implication is you think you really do understand other things like, yeah, I understand the love of God. I get it fully. No, you don't. You may get a part of it, but the height and depth and width and breadth of the love of God, it's it's. No one gets. It's deeper than the deepest ocean. It's higher than the heavens are above the earth. So when we talk about contradictions or things we don't understand in the Bible, mysteries of the Bible, these are things that we receive by faith. We may have some understanding, but they go beyond our understanding and therefore receive them from God. So as we talk about these various things, my goal when it comes to contradictions, my goal is to get and read the Bible. My goal is to get them to, to, to share with them the, the full understanding of the, the, the unfolding story of redemption, the creation of God, the fall of humanity, the effort throughout the Old Testament to get back to God through keeping of the law, the inability to do so, the final answer and solution given by God in the coming of the Messiah. That's the answer, the coming of Jesus Christ. He's the one who initiates the kingdom of God, who reconciles us to the Father, who gave his life to die for us, to pay the price for what we could never do. And then he conquered death, rose from the dead. He's in glory, and one day he's coming back to establish his kingdom. That's this unfolding story that 4,000 years of Bible history and looking forward a couple thousand years or more into the future, and 1,500 years of, of writing, it's not contradictory. It is an amazing, amazing story. So we thank God for this, and we thank God for this way. So again, how do I answer that? I can't believe in the Bible is filled with errors and contradictions. I can see why you feel that way. You know, those have felt that way too, until they discovered that what appear to be contradictions on the surface aren't really that contradictions at all. But one thing's for sure. There's been more people trying to disprove the Bible, trying to go through and find any fault, any problem, any contradiction, any error than any other book in the history of the world. I'm curious, why do you think that is? Turn that conversation into a discussion that really matters. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Bible, the scripture, the word of God. We are blessed to have them. We are blessed to have your message in writing. We don't have to go out and just walk around the forest and, and wonder. We don't have to just try and dream or meditate and see what comes to us. We have the story, your story, of your interaction with humanity and your big plan and how it all culminates in Jesus Christ. And one day you're coming again and establishing the, the kingdom. It's here, it's here now, but it's not in its fullness yet when Christ will return and establish that here on earth. We thank you. We bless you. We thank you for the Bible. Lord, we know that people attack this book 
and hate this book because it only reflects their attitude towards you. We thank you today. You're a merciful God. And you have mercy even on people who hate you. And you, you, this is the day of mercy. This is the day of salvation. This is the time of grace. This is the time when you're calling people to salvation. Your hand is not so short that it cannot save. Oh, Father, we live in a time, in a world where, where people who really, really hate you and, and, and they hate the, what Christians have done and they, it seems like they have the upper hand in so many parts of the world, even in, often in our country. And how we pray, Father, your arm is not so short that it cannot save. We ask you to extend it, extend your hand of salvation, saving. Lord, save college professors, save politicians, save Hollywood moguls, and producers, directors, save the titans in Wall Street. Lord, your hand is not so short. These people who have exalted themselves in the search of power, the search of evil, often, they stand against you, Lord. We ask your hand to reach out to them. And Lord, to all of us common folk, might your gospel spread rapidly in our country. Thank you for even stories I'm hearing of unusual numbers of people who are showing interest in you and, and, and coming to Christ. I thank you and bless you. Father, we pray for this today. Fill us with your spirit, with your joy, with your love, with faith in you. Help us to be guided today by the promises in the Bible. Lord, we will fight for the truth of the Bible. We will fight. We will defend it. I pray, Lord, the greatest, I, I know the greatest way we can defend it, promote it, is if we will live it. If we will believe it and live it. How we pray, Father, that people who would see our lives and observe them and they'd realize the impact the Bible's having on us, Lord, they would know the Bible's true because they're reading us and they're seeing us. Help us to not be overcome by evil, but to rise above and overcome evil with good. These are our prayers today, and we thank you for hearing us. Lead us forth triumphantly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining with me. I hope you're enjoying these FFDPQ studies? I sure am. And it's making me look forward to getting back on the campus in the fall. So uh, we have the truth and we want to articulate it well. We want to make our words persuasive. God bless you. You have a great day. Remember, tell your friends about this. Help spread the word. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning where we'll do another, handle another objection to uh, our faith. And until then, you be blessed. You have a great day. Bye-bye.